Welcome to the Leaders Corner Podcast, a program that puts you in touch with senior leaders from around the Army Reserve on issues that affect you. This is your chance to hear in-depth conversations that go beyond the talking points. Get first-hand insights on the future of the Army Reserve. All this and more exclusively on the official podcast of the U.S. Army Reserve, The Leader's Corner. Welcome to this edition of The Leader's Corner, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the voices of the Army Reserve leadership in a way that's engaging, vibrant, and informational. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class Jeremiah Richardson, and today we have a spokesman from the Army Reserve Inspector General, Sergeant Major Trevor Sellers. Sergeant Major Sellers is a bit of an Army human resources expert, as he's been doing the very important, but often overlooked, administrative work that keeps this Army rolling. He's deployed in support of the global war on terror and has been recognized for his humanitarian service. He's from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, from whence he joined the Army as a mechanic. We appreciate having you on the program today, Sergeant Major. Did you ever picture yourself here as you were privately under Humvees checking oil? (laughs) That's a good question. First of all, good afternoon, and thanks for having me on this podcast, Sergeant First Class Richardson. Uh, No, I definitely did not. Um, I joined the Army Reserves in 1994. I uh, came in as an E4 because I had a bachelor's degree already. Um, and there was, you know, people join the Army for different reasons, whether it be adventure, travel, uh, pay, benefits, things like that. I literally joined the Army for the student loan repayment. So, um, and I also joined for patriotism because, I, you know, I want to serve my country. Um, but I can tell you, when you, when you graduate from college, you think, oh, man, I'm going to get a great job. And when you don't get that great job and your student loans hit you in the face, then it's time to look for other options, and the Army Reserves was my way. Um, so I'm glad I did that. Um, I didn't plan on staying past my first uh, enlistment contract, um, but I'm definitely happy that I made this a career and, and things happen for a reason. The Army's been good to me, and I think I've been good to the Army. Uh, I've been stationed all over the country. I've seen all, all different places of the world. Um, and I was fortunate enough to come on the AGR program in 1999, so uh, that's been really good to me as well. So. Uh, once again, no, I did not see myself when I was an Army reservist in Hagerstown, Maryland, uh, changing oil, changing tires, and, and looking at engines, thinking that I would be here 25 years later. So, As a sergeant major, no less. As a sergeant major, no less. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um, so it seems that, I know you're part of the Inspector General, it seems that they have shared history with the same hero of the NCO Corps. Uh, according to the, web, uh, the West Point website, Frederick von Steuben is the father of the Inspectoral General System. He was appointed as the first IG of the Continental Army in May 1778. They went on to note that many of the Continental Army's regimental colonels resented bitterly the efforts of the Inspector General, whose duties as appointed by Congress were to report all abuses, neglect, and deficiencies to the Commander-in-Chief. But it was von Steuben's character, tact, and genius that overcame his resistance, and as such set the precedent for the manner of behavior for future IGs. Here it also says his duties were to review the troops, ensure that discipline be strictly observed, see that officers and soldiers are instructed in exercise maneuvers, and ensure that officers command properly and treat soldiers with justice. So that being the IG's past, Sergeant Major, how much different are the basic duties of the Inspector General today? All right, so... Before I answer that question, i got to clarify some uh, couple things. First of all, it's Frederick von Steuben. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of people can say Steuben, okay. and that's an argument that we had at the uh, IG course. But 
Um, although General von Steuben was considered the father of the Inspector General, the first and the first effective U.S. Army Inspector General, the first Army Inspector General was Brigadier General Thomas Conway. Hmm. He was appointed by Congress in uh, Dece- December 13th, 1777, but he was considered a self-serving and pompous braggart. Huh. <laughs> General George Washington dismissed him as he provided no manual for instruction to the soldiers as directed by Congress. General Washington appealed to Congress that he select his own IG and that the IG answer to him and not Congress. So General von Steuben was appointed by General Washington as the second U.S. Army Inspector General on 28 March 1778. Interesting. Yeah, so this is a nomination process much like we use today. Hmm. Um, um, We are looking for the cream of the crop in our active Army and Army Reserve to serve as Inspector Generals. And they continue to assist commanders in building and maintaining readiness. And that's our goal, is to, is to meet our commander's intent. And it's always about building readiness and maintaining readiness. All nominated I, Inspector General, Army Reserve, uh, AGR, RA, must receive final approval from the Department of Army's Inspector General, Lieutenant General Smith. So it goes all the way up to DAIG in order to be vetted to be an IG. So it's a pretty... Oh, wow. Pretty uh, intense process, pretty yeah. lengthy process, uh, but it's well worth it. So, uh, so, so it still goes at the top, basically. It does. Hmm. So to answer your question, uh, the IG's job back then was to serve as a drill master, establish uniform tactics, publish a manual on drill, organize and lead training, and ensure troop efficiency. General von Steuben developed what we call today the Blue Book, which was a regulation on tactics and discipline. Right. And this is much of what we still do today, assist commanders in building and maintaining readiness through our four major functions, which is we go out and we assist units. We do inspections, obviously, we're the inspector general. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do investigations, which is probably the worst part of our job because right. we have to ins- investigate people. Uh, but the number one thing I think we do is teach and train. And that's uh, Lieutenant General Lucky really uh, enforces that with us, that we go out while we're out there assisting, while we're out there doing inspections, that more importantly, we're teaching and training on processes, TTPs, things like that. You know, that's really interesting to hear that because, you know, if you would have asked me when I was a specialist or even an E5 what the IG does, to me it would be, oh, that means somebody's going to get in trouble. I mean, what would you say to that Joe, that sergeant who would think that? (laughs) Okay, so again, referring back to the four major functions, investigations is only one function of the IG, and I think a lot of people think that when they hear or see the IG come in that um, somebody's in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's in case, not the, not the case at all. Um, again, Lieutenant General Lucky's main focus for the Army Reserve's Inspector General is to teach and train while we provide assistance and we conduct inspections. Yeah. Um, but we also do assistance. People call in or they um, send in what we call a, a DA 1559, which is what we, can, what we can do for you. It could be a pay issue. It could be I didn't get my orders. It could be a, a, any multitude of things, and they've exhausted their opportunities or their their command, uh, chain of command, mm-hmm. and so they they feel like they have to have somebody at a higher level help them, and that's what we're here for. I like how you, you mentioned, you know, that there's a process. You know, you don't just go right to the IG. Right. There is. Um, you should exhaust your chain of command and anything that you can get help with before you come to us, but ultimately, at the end of the day, we are here to help, and I'll give you a quick example um, that our IG office provided. So I had a soldier email us, and, and she said she was in the retired reserve, and she was submitted for submitting for her retired pay at age 60. The only problem was she couldn't find her retired reserve transfer order. Um, 
so she had contacted the 81st RD. Mm -hmm. uh, she had contacted HRC, but nobody could produce this order because mm. it was from 2003. So mm. I actually took this case on, and I contacted HRC and, um, after we um, approved that it, this was definitely IG appropriate right. because she had exhausted everything. Um, ironically, what happened was um, the fix was right here in USARC, hmm. G1. There was a legacy. There's a legacy system. They can go back and pull that retiree uh, transfer to the retired reserves for her. And so she ultimately, within a week, she had her order that she needed to go ahead and re apply for her uh, age 60 retirement pay. So uh, that kind of stuff is rewarding. Oh, nice. That's actually quicker than yeah. I would have thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, it went to HRC. HRC contacted back here at USARC, and then USARC contacted me, and I was like, wow, it was right here in the building, and I didn't even know it. So, Yeah, and there's no way the, the soldier could know that without right. putting the request that maybe right. the answer's right there. Exactly. So, like I said, uh, when we help soldiers out like that, it's, it's very rewarding, and that's really what we're here for. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course we have to do investigations and allegations and things like that, but the bottom line is um, supporting our troops. Um, really, it's, it's about helping soldiers. Okay. Cool. So it sounds similar in some ways to uh, what happened in 1776, but as we don't have soldiers marching in fields, generally speaking, what else does the IG add to the Army today? Oh, well, okay, so we think of drill and ceremony um, as what General von Steuben was doing, but really what he was doing was teaching tactics and drills. Hmm. And what that looked back then was, you know, how they, they formed open lines and they had to have order and discipline right. in order to keep those lines. And he drilled into them their their combat tactics and stuff like that. Right. So it wasn't just out on the field doing drill and ceremony as we think of today when we went to basic training and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he, he, was, <laughs> he was quoted as a saying when he first got the job, in our European armies, a man who has been drilled for three months as a recruit here, which he means in America, in two months, I must have a soldier. And he really had to drive that home. Mm. Um, and that's what made him the father of the inspector general and ultimately uh, the most effective IG that they had had. So um, again, the four inspector general functions uh, that I talked about earlier enable inspector generals to enhance the readiness and war fighting capability of the United States Army Reserve. And our inspector generals extend the ears, eyes, voice, and conscience of their commanding generals and advise commanders on readiness of their commands. You know, it sounds to me like that's a lot of responsibility. Um, and I wonder what kind of people you're looking for to fill those type of positions. Well, that's a great question. And it's part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because um, the Army Reserves, we have AGR mm -hmm. and we also have TPU. Mm -hmm. And we are looking for the top 20%. We really are, hmm. uh, which is a challenge because commanders out there and generals are looking for the top 20% as well or top 10% to be their commanders and be their staff and things like that. So in IG, um, our, our motto is droit et avant, which hmm. means right and forward. So you have to be right before you move forward. Hmm. And so we dive into the regulations when we're doing assistance and investigations and tr teaching and training to really make sure we are right before we move forward on any case. Yeah. Um, so we are looking for that cream of the crop, like I said earlier. Um, but right now in the Army Reserves, we do well. Uh, HRC does a great job of filling our AGR positions. Yeah. But right now in the Army Reserves, our TPU positions for Inspector General, we're currently at 66%. And we really would like to get that up to 80%. So um, we are looking for some qualified young men and women 
well, they don't have to be young, <laughs> to assist us in our, our um, inspector general mission. What makes you, I mean, what, what makes you qualified to do it? Well, um, you have to be diverse. So mm-hmm. our population that we're looking for right now um, is E6 promotable through E8, and our O3s or our captains through our lieutenant colonels. Um, but we'd like to have some diversity, some experience. Um, so your younger captains might not have as much experience, but they're going to they're going to be on a team with more experienced people. Um, and your NCO is going to have quite a bit of experience, especially at the E8 level. Um, so we want a diverse experience. We also want um, uh, obviously people with no issues right. going on. Uh, and we also want people that have uh, excellent evaluations. Mm. So to be honest with you, we, we are looking for the cream of the crop, the top of the top, because um, we want people that are going to be out there assisting us in our mission um, to improve and maintain the readiness of this Army Reserve uh, that are going to be right and forward. Where are all these positions at? That's a great question. So specifically, the um, we have IG vacancies available within 45 Army Reserve General Officer Level Commands. So our IGs are General Officer Level Commands. So that's 45 Army Reserve General Officer Level Commands in 15 states to include Puerto Rico and Germany. But we have a, we have a link out there mm-hmm. on our IG uh, webpage, on the United States Army Reserve IG webpage, where you can go and actually look at the current monthly uh, updated uh, vacancies that are currently out there. Okay. So that, that makes it super easy. We make it easy, but I don't know how many people actually go to that website. Yeah. Um, but we are in the process of actually sending out a message to the entire Army Reserves mm-hmm. that um, will, sh- we'll, number one, talk about why would I want to be uh, an Inspector General, and number two, where the vacancies are and how you apply and things like that so we can hopefully increase our uh, 66% of TPU Inspector Generals right now. Yeah, we'll go ahead, and after the podcast, um, underneath the notes, we'll put the website um, under there. So go ahead and look for that. Awesome. Uh, as it'll be linked with the podcast itself. It should be in the notes. Right. Um, so another question is, is there a, an application process? What kind of process can somebody interested in becoming an inspector general expect? Okay, so it's a nomination process. Um, you can be nominated by your local inspector general hmm. or by the directing authority. Um, uh, but you have to... Um, First of all, you want to look and see where the vacancies are so you can, uh, you know, if you're close enough, especially a TPU soldier has to travel for um, drill weekend or, I'm sorry, battle assembly now, right? as we say. Um, But it is a packet. It pretty much looks like you have to have the last five years of your evaluations, whether you're officer or NCO. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to, we like to see top 20% uh, most qualified on their, either their uh, OERs or uh, NCOERs. and so we, and then we'd look at their ERB and make sure they have a diverse uh, experience, and they didn't just stay in one location and do one thing their whole career. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that pretty much sums up what we what we're looking for. Okay. Why should Joe care about the IG? Well, because it's career enhancing assignment. So, what do I mean by that? It's a broadening opportunity. So you talk about drill sergeant recruiters. You talk about ins- inspect or I'm sorry, instructors. Well. Inspector General never gets put on that plate, it seems like. It seems mm-hmm. like it gets left, but it's a broadening assignment as well. Hmm. And I'll be honest with you, if I had to choose, if I have a, um, a situation where I'm a nomination for somebody to come work on my team, wherever it may be, not in Inspector General, and they just came off of um, recruiter or drill sergeant or instructor or Inspector General, I would choose that Inspector General who's just coming off their duty all day long. Hmm. And the reason for that is... Um, they have been spending the last 
three to four years of helping their commanders readiness of their force and fighting capabilities and also helping people stay out of trouble. So, hmm. yeah. So you think that the be- becoming an IG gives you a leg up because you have this rounded knowledge? When you're, when you're um, conducting inspections, you're t- talking about processes to um, increase efficiencies in units and stuff like that. So you learn those kind of things, but you also learn how to dive into the regulations and make sure, like I said earlier, that you're right and forward. So you're hmm. ensuring that things are being done correctly. Ah. And so people stay out of trouble that way. Hmm. So, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, Sergeant Major, uh, is there anything you'd like to add about the IG that people should know about? I will just say that uh, IG assignments are definitely a career-enhancing and provide a unique opportunity for officers and NCOs to gain a broader perspective and understanding of the Army Reserve. And this is something not usually found in other assignments. A selection for the Inspector General duty represents an investment in selected soldiers that will continue to benefit the soldier and the Army Reserve long after their Inspector General assignment. So upon approval of DAIG, uh, nominees will complete a three-week course at Fort Belvoir, which is the Inspector General course, and uh, the TPU IG vacancies are available, like I said earlier, within 45 Army Reserve General Officer Level Commands and 15 states, including Puerto Rico and Germany. Uh, and again, we're seeking some top-notch uh, soldiers in the rank of Staff Sergeant Promotable through Master Sergeant and Captain through Lieutenant Colonel to apply for these uh Inspector General positions. Well, it does seem like that the IG has tried very hard to keep that legacy um, from 1776 in terms of their integrity, uh, what they hope to bring to the force, and um, what they hope to have uh, going into the future. So I hope that uh, this will be um, beneficial for you guys today. And uh, Sergeant Major Sell, I just want to tell you thank you for coming on the program. And hopefully soldiers reach out to you about uh, the opportunities you're speaking about. Thank you, Sergeant First Class Richardson. I appreciate your time, and uh, always a pleasure to come and and, uh, talk with you. Thank you very much. Well, that's it for this edition of the Leader's Corner. Tune in next time for an episode about education benefits and changes. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us today on this edition of the Leader's Corner. For more information about this podcast or the Army Reserve, go to usar.army.mil or download the Double Eagle app in the Google Play Store for your mobile device. We hope to see you next time. Thanks for joining.